Hey, what's happening, everybody? Thanks for tuning into the show. We are your hosts, Chase and Miles, and we are at the Lucky Duck. Duck, duck. At the Russell Duck. Oh, God. Cool. Oh, God. Miles, who do we have on today? You guys all know him. He's been on the podcast four times now, technically. The first was by himself. The second or third was when he had his little cameo. And then the time he tried to replace me as co-host. Yep. And now, uh, if you don't remember, Russell lives in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. He is an economist who. <coughs> Sorry, somebody's talking about. Okay, me. can we? Uh, <laughs> he almost, he can threw we up in his mouth. <laughs> no, um, no, uh, yeah, he's very smart. He's our good friend. We've known him since high school, long time yes. now. And uh, yeah, this is Russell. Welcome back. Hey, nice to be back. Excited. Yep. Cool. What have you come? What new life experiences do you have to share now? Uh, let's see, new life experiences. So I think since the last time I had a real episode, um. I actually was able to start a band, so oh, that's what? been something really fun to do. Uh, you know, being in isolation, aka you know the lockdown from the pandemic. You know, got really back into music, and me and some of my friends, and you know, we started to get together to play. You know, some original stuff or just some covers, and then we said, well, why don't we go ahead and get like a a rental space and and do some practicing and make this a thing and. It's uh it's going really well. So we actually have our first gig coming up on May twenty second. Where at? So uh, people can go. It's at the uh, Tin Roof Cantina in around Brookhaven, Georgia, kind of right outside of Atlanta. Or so if you guys are in the area, you know yep. where to be. Yep, we'll be playing at five p.m. Uh, come out, nice. listen to us. The name of the band is uh, Separate Checks. You can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, actually. Chase here was nice enough to do a lot of the artwork for us. So go in there, give us a like. It's uh, going to put our name out there as well as some of Chase's work. Yeah, we had to get the plugs in early on. Yeah, I didn't want to do it at the end because yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to forget. How many people are actually listening at this for, for the, at this show? I'm going to have the, like yeah. 40 yeah. people show up and they're going to be like, dude, I heard you on the Lucky Duck podcast. <laughs> dude, you're going to get off the plane and they're going to be like, Russell? Yeah, <laughs> Is that you? Yeah. Are you Russell from At the Lucky Duck? I'm just picturing a bunch of like, European tourists. <laughs> yeah, what you what what you guys don't know is a majority of our audience is actually based in Sweden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, Russell. Well, it makes sense, Iceland. you know. Uh, yeah. Well, not Sweden, but is it Sweden or Switzerland where Spotify is based out of? I know it's ooh one of those with the S's for yeah. sure. Yeah, the S. The S, and S I countries. know that this podcast runs on Spotify, so yeah. it all yeah. it's all it's, coming together. It's, it's prob- all it's probably Sweden. I think they have more tech there, right? I mean, mm. yeah. I, I mean, Sweden sounds right, but yeah. Oh, you be, have you also have a laptop. Could in be front Switzerland of you. too. <laughs> nah. <laughs> why 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 find out the truth? It's it's yeah all arbitrary. I wonder if Sweden has their own vaccine. If there's any like vaccines that for COVID. That's, that's something I was always really curious about. Is how are because I have a luckily we have a pretty diverse workforce at my job, and so like we have some people from China, we have some people from Korea, and we also have a couple people from Russia. And I was talking to my Russian buddy, and you know, he lived here most of his life, but, you know, I was asking, like, what's the the Russian vaccine like? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and so I was just like, wait, is there one? He's like, I don't know. And so I thought it was really interesting that, like, even they don't know. Like, it's just like yeah. Pfizer or Moderna and, like, 
all that I heard stuff. Pfizer is developing a pill that you take when you get COVID to fight COVID. It's like a vaccine in a pill form, and it uses like in vitro technology, which really? like is kind of controversial, and a lot of people say it doesn't work and blah blah blah. But yeah. they're, they're going through testing like, right now that they any different side effects that that would be from the. I don't know. I got to imagine if, uh, cause it would work differently, right? You would take it when you have COVID. Yeah. Like right oh. at the beginning. Yeah. So we wouldn't take it to like give you a little bit of a moon, immune boost, like a little mm-hmm. mini vaccine. It's yeah. quite like, I think it's to take after you find out you're positive for COVID. Yeah. The um, Pfizer CEO, I think he said that by the end of this year mm. in, into 22, it was when it would come out if, Everything yeah. goes okay with testing. Do they have something like that for like the flu where you take like a yeah, Tamiflu? Like a, Tamiflu. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. That is true. Yeah. I totally forgot about yeah. Tamiflu. Tamiflu. You take like mm. 10 pills and you're, you're supposed to start taking it as soon as you get it. And then the flu should only be like a day or two for you. And then you keep taking it just to make sure. It, the thing is, I never know so. if I have the flu, right? I That's don't know. I, don't, I very rarely know anybody who's like, oh, I have the flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, I have a really bad cold. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, like yeah. who goes and gets tested to be like, oh, I have the flu? Yeah, I'm like, nobody sure. does that. A lot of, lot of kids, because their parents are like, you know, worried about them. So yeah. they'll have this nipples, they'll take yeah. them in. Or older people. Oh, oh, I have great parents. They take <laughs> me to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I Must be nice to be able to go to the fucking doctor. Fucking white people. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> By the way, if you're Hispanic or if you're Indian, it's just like we're going to rub Vicks vapor rub yeah. all over your body and then Gargle. put you in a dark, heated room yeah. and just wait. Your your magic mel- uh, remedy is the apple cider vinegar. I love apple cider right? vinegar. Yeah. Anytime I feel like I'm getting a tickle in my throat or I feel like a, a cold or mm-hmm. the flu is coming okay. on, I will get uh, some Bragg's apple cider vinegar. Make sure you get Bragg's. Plug that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sponsored by Bragg's. Um because it has like the actual mother in it. And so you pour that half and half of some water, gargle that like three times a day. I swear by it. You're, you're never going to have a, a sore throat again in your life. What is the mother? The mother is like uh, like the main yeast like matrix and stuff that like produces all of like the probiotics and stuff like that in a fermentation. Like when you're doing like kombucha and stuff, like you have like a mother like base yeast or like a starter yeast, like mm-hmm. you get when you're brewing beer and stuff like that. Like that's mm-hmm. like the concept, like the mother. Okay, so if you're getting something without that, then it's pretty much shit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's shit necessarily. It's not as good, but it's like you know, having it in there is like nice because it's like constantly living. It's like a it's like a living organism mm-hmm. in a way, you know. So you're getting all of those cool pri- probiotics and all of those other. Um, benefits yeah i just remember in college russell would be like like anybody would get sick and he'd be like well have you tried apple cider vinegar like some somebody would be like dude i couldn't get it up last night he's like apple cider vinegar (laughs) (laughs) apple cider vinegar if your erection lasts for more than four hours (laughs) yeah that's exactly right then you shouldn't have taken Um, my advice (laughs) um by the way i'm not a doctor yeah our producer just called in um he said that uh, Spotify is a Swedish company. Ah. Oh. However, it's incorporated in Luxembourg. Oh, which is fucking weird. That's Kentucky, right? Yeah, Lexington. Lexington. Oh wait, no, no, it's that tiny country in Europe. Oh, yeah. fuck! I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I was like Luxembourg. Uh, <laughs> the Kentucky wait, is Derby that actually was this a, weekend. Uh, is that actually a country, Luxembourg? Uh, yeah, I mm. think it's this, like the smallest. Well, besides the Vatican, but. Uh, weird weird names i was uh driving up from colorado springs and i saw there was a gas station called gas and grass it's the first time i've ever seen where it was that you could get gas and weed 
Oh, okay. And the same place. <laughs> so it was called Grass and Gas. Yeah, that's crazy. Interesting. Right? I wonder if there's, you know, the third option in there somewhere. Yes. You know, prostitution. No, 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 no. Oh. No. Oh. Huh? What? I don't know. <laughs> gas, grass, and ass. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. Just saying. <laughs> I'm going to open up right next door. Next just or open a store called Ass right next to <laughs> it, and it's just a sex shop that only sells anal beads. Yeah, uh, and then you can just anal have play stuff, or the or you could just partner with Come and Go. Ooh, that's Did, the but they don't spell location. it like that. They spell it like C O M E. Yeah, they spell the acceptable. No, it's way. like K U M. Yeah, I think no way. Yeah, yeah. K U M. Yeah, Come and Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I, <laughs> it's a thing. They, I think they're based here. here maybe. Yeah. Jesus Christ, are they actually based here? I've never seen one of these places in my life. I, they're all over the place here. They're in Midwest. Yeah. Oh, okay. in, uh, Des Moines. Des Moines. Wow. Ah, Miles Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Georgia. <laughs> That's the first place I saw it. Oh, I, in, I lived, in Des Moines? I lived in Des Moines for three months. Mm. Random fact. Um, That's the place. first place I saw it. I was like, where am I? <laughs> How old is that company? I'm just wondering. Yeah. Because uh, back then you said stuff. 1959. And it doesn't have the same intention or meaning anymore what exactly does come as did in come and go mean you know pretty sure i know what it means <laughs> i'm just like really into this conversation between y'all right now it's supposed to be c-o-m-e and they were like let's be funny and be k-u-m um, i don't know come and go was sued in 2004 by an omaha man claiming racial discrimination after being denied access to the public restroom so they're racist <sighs> okay I guess we'll talk about racism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> and here this we is go. the part of the podcast where you kind of just do the small talk, and then one thing clicks, and then you start talking about that topic. Exactly. We so, actually had this. So why, as white people, why are you racist? Let me let's let's start there. Oh god, I've fallen into this. I can't trap. say any. I've just I, I flipped the anything. switch. I'm like, yeah. welcome to my podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm interviewing Hello. racists. Um, interviewing racists. That would be a good yeah. podcast. <laughs> just interview racist people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, it's Fox is. News. Sorry. Snap! Shots fired. Racist interview. Racist people interviewing racist people. Yeah, exactly. Let yeah. me think. The last time you were on Russell, you were about to go skiing. Yeah, I was. How, about to how go did skiing. that go? Oh, sure. Uh, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> like I, uh, I mean, so you know, you have the the French fry pizza thing, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I eat a lot of food. I got this down. I'm, yeah. I'm very used to that. So I'm getting on the mountain. We paid for like a lesson, and it was like an all day lesson. So you had like a morning, then you had a break, and then you had another lesson. And we went in the morning and we get on the mountain and we're doing like the bunny hill and I felt like I'm getting it. And one thing I didn't realize until like 15 minutes into it or so, maybe half an hour, it's such slight movements in your feet. It doesn't take like you have to move your whole body or even your whole foot. It's just like just flex one part of your toe and then it's like, yeah, you're turning right now at like a perfect right ankle. So after I kind of had that click, I was like, okay. I didn't really have too many problems falling or like crossing the skis, but when we did finally go up the lift and do one of those like green trails, you know, coming down, um, there was this really hard slope and then just kind of like a drop off right afterwards. And I was just picking up speed and I thought, <laughs> this is, this is how I die. And yeah. I was like, okay, I can do one of two things. I can try and do the pizza break thing or... I can just throw my entire body weight into the ground yep. and see what I can do. And so I, I picked the ladder because I was not good at breaking. So I just hit the ground 
And then the guy's like, oh, okay, you fell, no big deal. And I'm sitting there like, I just saved my own life. You're making this sound like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and so by this point, everybody had gotten ahead of me. And this is where it got a little fucked up. Uh, the guy, I'm, I'm starting to get some cramps, you know, like, because, you know, I'm not used to using those muscles, like those flexor muscles or whatever. Um, and the instructor's like, hey, man, you see that hill right there? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's the only thing standing between you and lunch. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> is that a fat joke? I don't really understand what's going on here. And he was just like, fucking, it was like a, I don't know, like, basic training like yeah. having one of those guys uh just lead you down the mountain but so that wasn't a, a great experience um Damn. would you do it again oh i would definitely do it again yeah. i think i would do snowboarding though because um skiing is you know i felt like it was a good starter thing yeah. to do to kind of get a sense of the snow and the slickness and things like that but like the crossing of it is mm. just like so scary. Yeah, to the me. coordination of your of your feet in the direction your skis and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I I don't like to be so cognizant of that all the time. It's it's mm. a little difficult for me because uh, I naturally just don't have great balance. Yeah, shout um, out to Jordan who was on two episodes ago from this point, and uh, he tore his ACL. We what? went, yeah, we did the podcast yeah. next day. We went, we, we did the podcast, but we were talking about, yeah, his students that come back with like torn ACL or injuries because yeah. of winter sports. Yeah. They'll go skiing with their families or whatever. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah, cool. Let's yeah. go skiing now. Next day, we, we like send it down the mountain. He sent it a little too hard over the edge. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> fucked Whoa. his shit up. Tore his ACL. He just got surgery like last week. Uh, so he's on the up and up on the rehab. See, but... this is why I don't advocate for sports. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like the one thing I hear all the time is people are like, my ACL, my ACL. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even know what that was until yeah. like my friend tore it playing football. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, it really sucked. Like, so yeah. it sucks for him because that's such a long Well, I mean, like, that's his job. Like, you know, yeah. fitness is like his whole thing and like being like a sports, you know, tech on the high school stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, he, uh, I found out that on average, every year, 12, no, not 12, 11 skiers die from skiing. Wait, out of, wait, what? Sorry, well, not out, out of, of all out. The, <laughs> yeah, out of all the people in Colorado who go skiing, on average, 11 of them die does annually. That, does that include the backcountry? Um, like I'm curious deaths. if that's more or so. less than sharks. It's probably mostly avalanche deaths. Could be. I know we have had a couple this year. So this year was on pace to be the deadliest. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. It yeah. is wild that people will deliberately go do that knowing that that's the Usually case. if you My die, you did something a little too risky little that you were like, maybe shouldn't have yeah. been doing. Yeah. Well, but, one yeah. thing I did notice about skiing, which is more about the attire, was, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up in Florida and then I live in Georgia and get kind of cold in Atlanta. Uh, you know, we'll get snow every now and then, but the the idea of going out to like Wyoming, right, in the Grand Tetons was like, oh, it's going to be ridiculously cold, a cold I've never experienced before. So I have to go and buy like a ski jacket and like, you know, all these thermal shirts and things like that. And I think I overdid it uh, <laughs> because, man, you're just sopping wet after that it's just yeah. like and it's not the snow it's all your juices yeah. man so. it depends on how sunny it is 
and it depends well luckily on you know it's a really beautiful good day you are you know it's like yeah. a nice fresh settled powder and everything and mm, oh that's um, nice and you got some beautiful stuff no it was it was a beautiful time over get like that the, fresh pow pow yeah yeah if you sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> i don't know what these words make <laughs> yeah when you're first starting out because i just started snowboarding this year so i know exactly how that feels um you're gonna sweat like so much even on the really cold days you'll sweat so much because you keep especially if you're snowboarding because you have to like every time you get off the lift you got to sit down put your whatever on every time you fall you like sit up and you're just sitting there and trying to get back up um if you get onto like a cat track or something where you can't like a lot of uh Mm -hmm. beginner snowboarders they won't want to go fast enough to be able to get over a flat area so you get stuck and then you're gonna take it off and Mm. lock it shimmy yourself along so you're just doing a lot of work with your body but uh once you once you're more actually just like actually snowboarding uh or skiing you're sweating a lot less because there's a lot less of that real manual work of getting up and doing this yeah. and that yeah i mean like i said i'm I'm definitely down to do it again definitely snowboarding next time just because i want to give it a shot but mm-hmm. i feel like i want to look up some <laughs> some exercises or stretches because <laughs> just not using those muscles ever it's kind of like oh yeah you were know, you like burnt the next day you know, I was a little sore, but I wasn't like, you know, I couldn't move or anything. You know, it was just, it was like cramping a lot during the actual mm. activity. And that's yeah. like, I don't want to happen again, you know? I see. So, because I, I think I would have stayed a lot longer. But that, that mm. happens with uh, snowboarding as well. Like it, it, during, uh, especially um, starting out when you're, you know, like on your, on, on your, shin, on your uh, thighs a lot more mm-hmm. when you're trying to like just kind of make it down the mountain. Um, <laughs> And then the next day you're super sore as well. But uh, I think once you're getting the technique down more, it's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. You start to have to overexert yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the main thing that comes with like learning technique and practice and repetition and all that. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I snowboarded more this season than I ever had before and um I, I i definitely experienced that i remember the first day on the season i was just like dying <laughs> i was like i'm so exhausted my wrists hurt i'm sweaty <laughs> by the end of the season like most of that was gone you go down once and you're yeah. like like should we go now or like <laughs> lunch break yeah guys yeah i need water break bro <laughs> electrolytes yeah. um but snowboarding's fun yeah i mean it's worth it it's worth it but you gotta you gotta put time in to learn. I think, like, yeah, I don't know. Medium I, if, barrier if someone, to entry too. If someone was gonna come out here and they're like, "Hey, I'm just gonna come for a day. I want to go snowboarding or skiing or something," I would probably just say go like snowmobiling or dog sledding mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You're not really gonna have fun just going one day, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it was probably fun, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a good experience. I think I don't know. For me, it's like you know, you live out on the East Coast. And you see all these big snow sports. Like the best thing that we can go to is like North Carolina or something. And it's like, it's it's nothing compared out there, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. these aren't, those are mountains. The the things out West, (laughs) those are mountains. Uh, And, you know, there was just such uh, an initial capital investment that you had to put in, you know, it's just like, oh, you got to get the right shoes, the right snow pants, you know, all of these things. Um, And it's like, Jesus Christ. And then I got to spend the money to get out there, mm-hmm. you know, and the and lift so, ticket, the lift ticket and lesson, the, the lift tech. I mean, luckily we had uh, a friend's 
um, family member who like kind of worked there and like gave us a really, really good deal. So we got lucky. But for most people, you know, that's not yeah. necessarily the case. And so I think the biggest problem is like, well, if they made it like more accessible, like money wise, like you, know, you see a lot mm. more people do it. But yeah, um, yeah, it I. It's it's tough because it costs a lot to run those places, mm-hmm. especially out here. And so a lot of them, like I know this year, were hurting pretty bad. Yeah, and and then when, when there's no not a lot of snow, then they don't get enough people out there, and then they take a loss for the season, and then they hope next season's better, mm-hmm. and they up the price, and yeah, some of the places do like for locals, um, they'll do where you pay or you get you get to just come to the resort. They'll give you like free skis, um, a free lesson up to a certain amount of times that season. Um, or you just pay a small amount to do that for the whole season. And then next season you get some kind of discount. And then after that, it's, you just pay for it, whatever, but it builds yeah. more the, of the community to get into winter sports. So right. they keep coming back like Powderhorn, I think is one that does that. That's kind of like in uh, West Colorado, mm. Mm. which is a kind of a fun idea, but for, for, tourists it's doesn't obviously doesn't help still super expensive to come here yeah and for like what six months out of the year that you can do it yeah yeah and then you just go mountain biking i think yeah when you can't go skiing i think that's what they use them for right yeah i mean but like i said all in all snow sports and and all that stuff is, is really interesting to me um i think the only thing i had done that was even cold related was uh curling (laughs) <laughs> which was ridiculously fun. Did it for like a work outing. Nice. Yeah. Um, Where'd you do that at? We actually did it in Atlanta, Georgia. They had like a yeah. curling club or something, and it was just like Tight. this huge ice rink, and they just did it. Was it just and... a bunch of European and Canadians? <laughs> well, I have a lot of Canadians. Well, one of the directors that we work with, he's Canadian, but I think it's his uncle or something was like an Olympic curler. And mm. so like he oh, was... so he's so into it. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was very, very into it. And like we were all making fun of it and he was kind of just like, I don't really appreciate everybody's attitude right now. That's so. the only way you're ever going to do curling amateur wise is if you know somebody who's like super into it. Oh, yeah. Nobody's like, hey, yeah. do you want to go curling tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. or? It's not like bowling, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like no one wakes up and says, you know what I want to do? I want to sweep ice. Yeah. That's really Sorry. what I want to do. I want to just, by the way, that's the hardest part. If you think like getting low and like pushing the thing, no, the sweeping, oh, that's yeah. so much harder than people like make it look. It, dude, no, it looks hard enough. Like just watching them, like, plus you're not, you're wearing, sho- is it special shoes that you get? You to do wear, have to get or? like these little platform things on the bottom, like these oh. like little non slip like addition things to your shoes. Mm. Uh, but some people just get, you know, particular curling shoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because you have to get into like, when you're curling, you have to get in this like ridiculously like half squat position, um, which once again just cramping up. My whole lower yeah. body is just like this amalgamation of tendons. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so I mean, it, they probably wouldn't be like that if I stretched like once a year. But yeah. still, you know, it's <laughs> a lot of work. Probably. Um, but still, no. So besides that, you know, that was kind of it was nice to do the the skiing and all that stuff. So I'm definitely interested in doing more stuff like that in the future. But mm. uh, in the meantime, I think I'm going to stay on the East Coast for a little while. Yeah, well, that's okay. And they've got plenty, like you said, you can still go do curling all the way in Atlanta, Georgia. Exactly. Fine but, um, stay in Atlanta. But to answer your initial question, um, no, not a lot of big life updates. You know, yep. um, you know, I had a couple kids, but yeah, you know, yeah, fuck them. I don't really talk to them anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, the I think the biggest thing is I really have just been putting in a lot of work into, you know, obviously my work, my job. Yeah. And and the band, the band's been really a big your- thing. I think that, oh, what was that? Keeping your time occupied. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, 
you know, music has always been a biggest, a really big thing for me, you know, if, if not my major passion. And, you know, I talked about the gig because I think I was so excited about it because we have been a band for, I would say, almost a year now. Yeah. Like, it's definitely coming up on a year. Um, you started a band at the perfect time, <laughs> right at the start of the beginning of the pandemic. Well, yeah. you think that. And let me tell you why that's not necessarily true. Um, because you're racist. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Back to that full circle. What's up? Uh, no, it was because all of these you know, breweries, because you know, we, we came up to the conclusion they're like, okay, let's meet up, let's do a bunch of covers. You know, you're doing early late nineties, early two thousands stuff, you know, like we talked about playing some Blink one eighty two, playing some Maroon Five, a lot of that top forty stuff. Oh, sorry, it's kombucha. Um the booch. <laughs> uh, yeah, the booch. Um and so we we're like, oh well you want to learn those covers because the first thing that you can do as a band is like start gigging and you get a lot of these you know, what's the big thing in a big city is like a lot of breweries, uh, a lot of like bar and restaurants and stuff. And so that's a, a big, you know, cash count for bands. And so with that intention, we went in and we learned about, you know, two and a half hours worth of music because anytime you ever go to any venue, and I'm sure you know this, um, is that they want about three hours if you're going to be like a cover band set, you know, um, you know, if they want you to just play jamming for like an hour, sometimes they'll do that. But Standard process is like at a brewery, three hours. So if you have about two hours and a half of music, uh, you get two 15-minute breaks, boom, there's your three-hour set. Um, <clears throat> and so we spent all this time putting that together, <clears throat> sorry, and getting all that together and kind of forgoing the original music, right? Because we're like, there's no way that they're going to want that. Who cares? You know, yeah. that's uh, down the road. Um, and we were going through all of these, you know, rigmaroles, trying to get all the practice space and getting schedules lined up because... Everybody in the band has a full-time job. But we finally got it done. We had all that music put together. And now the pandemic is starting to slow down due to the vaccines. And so we started calling a lot of venues, a lot of breweries, a lot of restaurants. And they started turning us away. We were confused as to why. Because I would go and I would see bands play there like Mm -hmm. a weekend ago or something. Um, And I ended up going to a brewery and talking to one of the tap uh, tap room floor managers there. And <clears throat> came across some interesting information about it because apparently um, when you are a venue, right, um, you have to buy certain copyright license insurance and stuff uh, because those cover songs, someone's got to get paid for those, right? It's not like it's, – it's intellectual property. It's not in the public domain. You can't just play them. Yeah. Um, and so pretty hmm. much all the rights to every modern song that you've ever heard of uh, belongs to – Pretty much two. There's three, really, but there's two uh, major music licensing companies. Uh, ASCAP, which is a great name. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, ASCAP. And then BMI. I don't know why they pick these names, but they do. Um, so you might have, like, let's say, all of Maroon 5's catalog under BMI, and then maybe all of Blink 182's under ASCAP or something. Um, so a venue, like a bar or a restaurant, will buy based off they'll kind of get quotes it's almost like car insurance in a way where they'll call these companies and say hey i'm gonna have live music from time to time and they usually have to get ascap and bmi sometimes they'll get the third license uh from the other company which i can't remember off the top of my head and it can be exorbitant i mean i think for the brewery i was talking to which had a relatively large tap room but you know nothing crazy i think it was like four thousand dollars for the year 
just for one of them, just for ASCAP. Mm-hmm. And if, if for some reason, you know, a band comes in and plays or they have like a DJ come play song that wasn't on ASCAP, but was on BMI and they don't have BMI, you know, it's like kind of like, oh, I didn't have that type of coverage on my insurance. Yeah. And so they have to get sued. I think there was um, a story. I don't know if we could look it up, but it was um, some bar in Tampa uh florida was you know like i don't know if there's another tampa but uh another a bar in tampa florida would do some kind of event where they would play pour some sugar on me like mm. all the time um and then eventually somebody reported them for that and i think they got hit with like a ridiculously large suit it was like something like 1.5 2 million dollars in like copyright infringement wow. damages stuff like that that's crazy um <clears throat> yeah and it's because you know, the the logic behind it is like you're making money off of this music because if you have people coming in to see a live band, you're getting foot traffic because of that and then you're making money. So, and that's why it's not necessarily on the band. You would think it would have to be on the band. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare that I see anyone do that because most bands are like mine. You know, it's like you are an original band, you do original music, and then you play covers to like, you know, pay the bills and yeah. stuff like that. But sometimes there are tribute bands, you know, like you might see like a Kiss or like an Aerosmith, you know, tribute mm-hmm. band. And they will personally get their own rights so they can play them. However, 99.9% of the time, and I'm not a lawyer, so uh, <laughs> you yeah. check this with a grain of salt. You know, this is just my own research and what I've been told um, is that the venue is pretty much mostly responsible. So like it's kind of like this combination thing where it's like if the band has it and the venue doesn't, well, the venue can still get fucked. I thought it was well, like if you, you, you that was uh, in effect for playing the original content, not like a, a remix or a cover of it. That's well, so see, we aren't creative enough <laughs> to do our own versions of the content, so they sound very <clears throat> similar. Yeah, yeah. So like, you can get. I mean, it's it is the same thing. So it's like if you play, like you can't just go on Spotify. Like that's mm-hmm. why you might have seen if you go online right now, you can find something called Pandora for businesses, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. actually pre-licensed out music that's mm-hmm. like through stations and then you can play it in your place that's why they it's like a little... play the same 10 songs oh it is yeah. it's like that's yeah. why anytime you go to like a retail store and stuff like that it's yeah. very rare that they're actually paying you know for the licensing fees mm. uh they're just probably getting one of those pre-packaged kind of pandora deals um, so um so these these places were denying you because well they weren't what so they were saying well <clears throat> we're still kind of feeling it out um you know, we're not quite sure what the the prognosis is going to be for the pandemic. We don't know when that's going to really end. You know, they're giving the runaround. But then I got some straight answers, and some people said, we don't know if we're going to renew our licenses. Um, because part of that reason is because we don't know how the pandemic is going to play out. Um, and we think that, um, you know, it might be longer than it is. And so why renew our license if we're probably not going to have live music for a little longer? Yeah. Uh, so they want to save a buck. And some people, some breweries, have kind of shifted the dynamic from, well, we don't care so much about foot traffic in our tap uh, tap room. We care a lot more about distribution. It's getting them into, like, your local Publix or Sprouts or your local grocery store mm. or something like that. So distribution has become a bigger thing. And this is obviously mainly for breweries. Like, that's kind of our bread and butter out there in, in, in Atlanta is playing those places. Yeah. So I'm wondering if <clears throat> you came to them with three hours of original content, if they were going to Well, be, that's the thing. Yeah. Because they what blows my mind and makes me fucking infuriated is that I've had people come up to me and they're like, oh, well, we don't really want to turn you away because we do want live music, but we don't really want to pay for our licensing anymore. So maybe you could just do three hours of original music. And I'm like, when have you ever been to any concert where a band 
has played three hours of their own music. Mm-hmm. I don't know even if you could go to like an ACDC tour or something and yeah. hear them play for more than an hour and a half. I've heard Green Day's done it, and I heard uh, Dave Matthews is famous for doing three hour sets. That's wow. okay. Well, and um, not Phil be Collins. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah. me. All right, bye. See you later. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but you don't. That's the, the their point is well taken. Like there there are superstars that like are true entertainers that will purposely do like a three hour set um especially if they're in a spot where they won't do like several nights you know type of thing so you want to do the entire catalog um but normally you go to a show it's about an hour the headliner might do 90 minutes exactly um two hours if you're lucky it blows my mind that they want you to play for three hours and so what they're hiring now is they're hiring a lot of jam bands and like jazz trios and jazz quartets and stuff like that so they can just kind of play background music which, yeah. which is kind of what they're going for you know they don't want to overflow their tap room with you know distracting music the last thing they want to do is distracting i think one of my biggest pet peeves is when you want to hire live music and you have somebody keep coming up to you to like turn it down i think there, there was this youtuber that I, I saw not too long ago where it was like him on an upright bass and uh, a buddy playing guitar. That was it. And they weren't doing any like vocals. It was it was just background music. Um, and you had this Karen esque um, manager walking around the restaurant, being like, "Hey, um, can you keep it down?" <laughs> and like it was just like a video of just like counting how many times she asked them to turn it down. And eventually, he just like turned it all the way down, where like they could only hear their own monitors. Yeah. And <laughs> she was like. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good. It's like, why did you have me here? Exactly. It's like, yeah. why would you hire live music if you don't want the live music? I wonder, which is why, like, you know, you have outdoor patios and stuff like that, which is, like, yeah. the best thing. If you can find an outdoor brewery or a restaurant that has that, yeah. it's, like, an open air. Not only is that great, obviously, for the pandemic, but it's great because it's hard to really bother people unless you are blasting music. Yeah, right. So, I, want, I wonder if you changed the lyrics to some of their cover songs, if you'd be like... Yeah, we play Stacy's Mom, oh. so maybe we can just call it like... Uh, Karen's Mom. Karen's Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want... I, if I know anything about Karen's, I definitely yeah. don't want to meet her mom. You're really... You're, you're going to suggest this when you get back to Atlanta, do your band. They're like, that's what Weird Al does. <laughs> not that. We're not Weird Al. And then we get sued because we are considered a Weird Al tribute band yeah. and we don't have yeah. the BMI licensing. <laughs> That's, That's kind good. of funny. I, I always wondered how that kind of thing works um, because uh, I know like in movies and television and, and hard media like that, you do have to buy the license to use sounds, music. Oh, yeah. Everything's things like that. But I was I've always wondered about. So like if I'm watching like Yellow Card or let's say just say Blink-182 is touring and they do a cover of Roseanne yeah. from the police. Do they have to like buy? That's kind of yeah. That's the same thing. It's like they have to if if they're gonna make money off of it, you know, and like in any sense, right? Because it could be like it's part of my tour. Maybe not. I maybe didn't record it or something and like distributed it on an album. Mm -hmm. But if I'm gonna put it in my set, you know, it's like well, maybe some people want to come see you, you know, because of that song or something. And you know, it's like so. It's like you're getting some revenue attributed to that song. Um, Which so, I think you should. If yeah, you, yeah. Are... I think that's fair. I think that that's completely fair. I don't have a mm-hmm. problem with the licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's kind of funny uh, how so many places now are just like really considering not doing it. And it like makes me think it's like, man, I wonder if that's like either an overinflated price of that, or is it that people are just you know as always kind of underestimating the need for the arts and you know live music and stuff like that. You know, what about TikTok? 
if you're doing a cover, single guitar, vo- vocal, yeah. does a cover of Don't Stop Believing. So yeah, I, I post a few covers on my Instagram, and it's technically illegal. I could get hit with a DMCA, yeah. right? You see those yeah. all the time. Um, but it's, so legally speaking, yes, there there could be legal action to be taken. They can send you a cease and desist, you know, DMCA, yeah. all that stuff. But the likelihood of that happening yeah. is pretty low. Like, and part of it is because, you know, maybe it's like the kid with cancer who's singing the Eminem song, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, case by case. It's like, as ASCAP or BMI, do we want the publicity of striking down the cancer kids video? Mm-hmm. No, we wouldn't want to do that. And it's like, you know, think about yeah. it. Like when we used to, you know, I mean, not we, but those that used to download music via LimeWire and such. Yeah. You know. It, none of us ever did that. Yeah, no, of course not. None of us. Yeah. Um, Don't look into my history of yeah. that, please. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one one interesting example is Landslide or Dreams by, um, it was Dreams, by, um, fuck, what's that band? Um, one with, uh, yeah, pull that up. Dreams is a song? Yeah. Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. That song made a massive comeback on the charts because it circulated around TikTok. Yeah. Because of a guy posting a video of yes. him, you know, chugging uh, cranberry juice mm-hmm. while he's on a longboard or whatever. And so I'm wondering, like, there's some like benefits to allowing people to use your music license free to almost like organically um, market it. Yeah, I think that's that's actually a really good point. You know, I haven't really thought about. The kind of guerrilla marketing aspect of social media. I mean, it's there, right? I mean, that's the one thing that you really hope for. I mean, I had a friend, you know, you know her, Hannah. We just you, know, you guys talked about her earlier. Is that um, she was showing me this song by an artist called Rin Weaver. Uh, it's called like Pierre or something, and it's like really popular on TikTok. And I was like, I know this song. I listened to this like five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like he's like, yeah, it's blowing up on TikTok again. And I'm just like, that is that is crazy. Like I I like it because I'm like. That's cool. You can like revitalize songs because I think a big problem with music is like, you know, you have almost an oversaturation of it. And it's just like, you know, there's just like a song that stays on the charts and then it goes away. You know, there's no like, there's very few songs that I feel like have had like the longevity of, you know, you think of songs like, you know, Brown Eyed Girl, you know, like Van Morrison, like that's stuck around, you know, for, you know, several decades now, you know, but like, I'm on a boat. <laughs> it's going to necessarily make it to the 2050s. Maybe. I don't know. It is a classic, though. It is a classic. We'll see. We, saw, we sang that yesterday at one of those karaoke yeah. uh, like <laughs> made room, it to the, t- uh, the 2020s. Yeah. We crushed it, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. What we about on uh, on YouTube? I think if you don't monetize your channel, you can use mm-hmm. uh, music unlicensed, right? I don't know. I'm not sure about There's that. There's a lot of YouTubers who do. I don't know you how they get around that. I feel like if, if you're if you're not monetizing your channel, yeah. you still have advertisements in the sidebar, right, that are going to YouTube. Like cause YouTube has to make right. some kind of money, right? I feel like that that's something so Google as a company, yeah. you know, probably has to have some kind of DMCA thing against them. That's you know, they, true. they have to be careful. Yeah. So it's not only covering the content creator's ass, but like because the, I actually did, didn't you guys hear that you, uh, YouTube's planning to add advertisements to every video now? I did not hear even that. Even if they're not mon- so like I even if that. you don't monetize your own videos, they're planning to add ads to them. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, interesting. Well, you're being demonetized because YouTube decides not to add 
ads on there because the companies who are paying for those ads don't want to be associated with the content of the demonetized channel. So now that sounds so weird. It's like maybe if you're an advertiser or you're YouTube, you give a lower rate for those types of videos to be like, if I'm trying to advertise this podcast and I go to YouTube and like, it's going to be $70 a a click or whatever. If Mm -hmm. uh, you're on a monetized channel or $10 a click, if you're on a demonetized channel. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if they'll still not put ads on the, on the content that they don't allow to be like monetized anyway. So if you, if you make money doing something else, you don't want ads in your video. You so is it just demonetized fuck. channels that have been demonetized on like our end? Like if I had to choose to demonetize right. this podcast on YouTube. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Because there's certain, you have to abide by their, their uh, standards, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To, to actually oh, get advertisement. Like I think yeah. uh, cursing is one of the things you can't do. Mm. Um, uh, violence. I'm pretty sure you can curse. Copyright I th- stuff. I think you still curse. No, to a certain degree, you can choose. I think you what? Yeah, I think you had to set it to where um, you say this video is not for children. Well, I mean, why isn't there just like a mature content filter? Like you see that all the time on like even Reddit. Like you can have that kind of like you can flare your posts and stuff like that. It's like be so simple to build in a mature content filter. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have to put it on music. You see it on you know uh, albums all the time. They do do that. They make you sign in right to watch it, but Mm -hmm. then you're you're, you have a smaller. Uh, base of users who are probably going to watch your video. I I haven't seen the the black and white ex- explicit because you're always warning on in. music. What? Oh, true. You never seen do that? They, not not as of recently. No, on Spotify. On Spotify. They do it for I feel sure. like I still they see do? like you'll you'll see yeah. on the song list. It'll say explicit on the on the right. Oh, yeah, really? we'll do that. Maybe I'm just listening to clean music because I'm an upstanding citizen. <laughs> You're like, I'm just sitting here listening to the Wiggles Lord and <laughs> the uh, uh, VeggieTales soundtrack. Yummy, yummy, bro. Chase has the parental filter on his Spotify, <laughs> yeah. so you only get the clean versions. I don't like. Yeah, to I mean, hear why isn't there a parental trash? filter okay. on like Google like, based accounts for YouTube? You know, like YouTube accounts. I'm just listening yeah. to Toby Mac and U2. Okay, that's all I listen to. The big two. The big two. Well, you two. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, Wait, were you saying you listened to his band? No, he doesn't like Toby Mac and U2? Toby, U2 the band? No. Like Bono? Oh, okay. Yeah, The Edge. Oh, I'm glad we got it. derailed by that. That's great. <laughs> God damn it. Let's talk about U2. Let's do it. Fucking Bono, no. what are you doing? Hit no, me no, up. No, no, U2 for me. Um, you ever met Bono? No, 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 no. Uh, I missed him at the last Grammys. You know, I was uh, too yeah. busy... Doing cocaine with um, John Mayer. Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Him not too. that Ed Sheeran does cocaine. I, I was just doing it myself. He was just hanging out. Yeah, you know. He gave you the cocaine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. He's your hookup. <laughs> he just yeah. he just has it on him. He doesn't yeah. do it. Well, all gingers sell drugs. That's a fact. Yeah. That that is true. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a single ginger here is going. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. That's why they don't have any souls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that thing. What? Gingers have no souls. That's oh, a, yeah. Is that a, that a Cartman that? thing? I don't know if it's just South Park. Is I it? mean, I don't yeah. know if it was it originated from South Park. Uh, it might have. I mean, I felt like it was so part of like middle school. We would say that all the time. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, true. That was so bad. Yeah, we oh, should, yeah. You guys was, should not say that. No, no, no. We, we should just never make fun of any so. group of people. It's wrong. Except, unless you're a comedian. It, well, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> unless you're a comedian, then that rule is the opposite. You should make fun of every group of people possible. Within some level of tactfulness. In my Unless opinion. you specialize in a certain group of people, right? Unless you specialize in a certain group of people. 
group of people. Yeah, yeah. no, you shouldn't have like a like a set of people that you're really good at making fun of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless it's like racists and Nazis. Like that's that's, that's true. That's true. You know, anyone yeah. who's done because those aren't really people. You know, <laughs> no, right? They have no. They have no souls. They have no souls. So that is correct. So comedians who have uh, writers for them have to have a diverse group of writers. Yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily bad. I mean, I, I've heard some people be like, you know, I don't know why they have to keep pushing like this diversity thing, like just hire good writers that are funny. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you, you keep putting people in a box. You're not going to see things from different perspectives. Yeah. Like, you know, like the whole thing, like, you know, oh, women aren't funny. It's like, no, dude, all people can be funny. It doesn't really matter. But you're not going to ever see things from a woman's point of view if you don't have one in the writing room. Right. You know? yeah. And so... Yeah, it's that's true. You you have to uh, you have to acknowledge your bias, or if there is one. Yeah, because I mean, like I could be hiring a lot of funny white guys, you know, but mm-hmm. or like funny white straight guys, but you know, that's just going to be the same types of jokes. You know, they might be varied to some degree, but like because you know everybody has a different story to tell, and they all see their life through their own lens. But like you're going to get a much you know, bigger variance in lenses if you just have people from different backgrounds and upbringings and, yeah. you know, all these different things. You ever and, thought about doing uh, stand-up comedy? Uh, You're a pretty well, funny guy. I mean, I, I have thought about it before. Uh, I think that the biggest problem with me is that I... There's a couple problems. Well, let's go through all of my problems. Wow, really wow. This has turned into therapy. <laughs> yeah, therapization. So do you want to... Can I lay like, on that couch get, over yeah. there? <laughs> it um, all started back with my My dad. mom <laughs> met my dad. My life is pretty, pretty shitty. <laughs> so, um, no, I think uh, the biggest problem for comedy for me is that, one, material is not easy to write. Like, to actually put together real, like, strung out stories. Because I think that's the best type of comedy. Like, everybody loves one-liners, but, like, you know, you have, like, Jimmy Carr who had, like, a whole set of, like, one-liners before, you know? That's fine. You know, you can do that from time to time, but, like, you can't have too many comedians like that. It gets really stale to have that stylistically, in my opinion. Um, So you need people that kind of weave these story elements together and have, like, an overarching conversation. Um, Like, one of my favorite people to talk about for that is is Mike Birbiglia. Mm -hmm. I think that he... Especially in, I think it was like My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, um, was probably one of the best stories he's had. And if you watch some of his previous stand-ups, you know, he had been working on that craft for a while. He had more of a traditional approach to comedy. Uh, But this kind of storytelling element I think is great. And I think Dave Chappelle does a pretty good job at that too. You know, he's pretty good at kind of weaving together a narrative. Not necessarily telling you a story though, which I think is is really, really cool. It's like a thematic. At least the last two specials that he's had oh yeah. a lot like that definitely for sure and so i think that in that sense that would be the type of comedy i would want to write mm. and it's it's almost as like writing a screenplay or writing a novel it's like mm-hmm. it's it's no different that's actually in my opinion harder because <laughs> you know you have to find yeah. something that's going to have visceral gut reactions from people to make them laugh you know unless you're really going for you know witty kind of think about it comedy but that, that's my favorite kind of comedian one who does that the, that, that, that's why I like Dave Chappelle a lot. Oh yeah, the storytelling thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The 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 interesting part of that though is they didn't start that way. Like when when you start, and especially nowadays when you start comedy, it's like five. You get a five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Open mic. No, when you start you comedy, get. you know, if you go to you know the chuckle bucket down the street mm-hmm. or something, and you end up getting some time, or you go to an open mic night, you're getting five minutes yeah. tops. Is that a place? Yeah, the, the chuckle, chuckle bucket. bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that has got to be. Look up the chuckle bucket. I bet you yeah. money that there is a place called the chuckle bucket. Oh man, see, um, look, you would be good at stand up. Um, 
but I think that that that's a that's a hard part for me because I am really bad at wanting to sit down and actually put together material. Mm-hmm. I think I'm funny in a situational sense, like I'm quick witted. I can make a joke here and there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But when it actually sits down to like put together something, I've just never put it. Is there a place called the Chuckle Bunk? Um, actually, there's a. It's on Urban Dictionary. It says oh. it's used to describe the area between the base of one's nutsack and their asshole. <laughs> that is the Chuckle Bucket. Okay. Uh, so the taint. Essentially, yeah, um, but I like the chuckle bucket. Yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that's from Family Guy. Oh, the chuckle bucket. Yeah. Oh, oh well, damn. See, and that's another thing. I'm not really original. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, you know, everything's a remix remixes, for me. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. But I think the, the other thing, besides like the difficulty of putting together material and all of that, the stage fright thing is not a thing for me. You know, I, I play in bands, and mm. you know, I do like lead vocals in a band. Now. Yeah, and which like, is new for me. Like before, you were pretty shy about that. I was, I was super shy about it. But yeah. like, I think it was because I had thought of singing as like, man, I don't know if I'm good or not, and I don't mm. want someone to tell me that I'm not good because then it takes away the fun of singing like privately, like when I'm just singing by myself. Because I'm like, oh well, I know I'm bad now, and now I don't feel like it's worth doing. Yeah, um, which is not a good way to think. Like you should do art, no matter what anybody says. Like always pursue it. But so that's something I had to work through, and now I'm I'm doing it, and I'm having a good time. And luckily, yeah. I'm okay. I'm I'm decent enough to get through it. But that's not the problem, right? It's like I'm doing all those things, and I've had experience on stages. Um, I think my thing is that it is kind of a free form thing. It's not as structured. Uh, as a you know musical set or something, yeah. Uh, and so you have to deal with hecklers, and that that's a big fear mm. for me. Is because you know I just talked about being quit witted, but you know under pressure, how is that going to work? You know, yeah. I think one of my you know favorite things about some of my comedians, especially someone like Bo Burnham, is their kind of quick wittedness to deal with a heckler, and they kind of just expertly do. You know, you have Bo Burnham who does it really really well, and then you have people like Kramer who don't. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When hey, uh, type in Bo Burnham. I want to know when his next. He has a new special. I don't think they said when yet. Really? Uh, I think he just announced yeah, who he's doing I it think, with. Yeah. But I'm excited. Bo Burnham is yeah. uh, a god among men, in my opinion. Yeah, he's. I definitely appreciate his style of c- comedy um, and how he brings oh, yeah. music into it. I think I that's think really his creative. style of comedy being like musical comedy is yeah. like a a dying thing, and mm-hmm. not in a good way. Like I mean, like it should come back. I yeah. love it. You know who does that a lot? Uh, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. He, like you know, he does. You know, um, yeah. he had some fun stuff uh, that I thought was hilarious, but it's it's just potty humor most of the time, and that's <laughs> funny. You know, there's a place for all all types of comedy. I feel like. Yeah. Um. You know, this idea of high art and low art though is is so arbitrary and, and almost too posh and pretentious for I mean, me to ever yeah. get into. Totally. I mean, art has such a broad meaning. Um creatively you know any anybody's i mean this could you could say this is art this can you know so yeah, the labeling art is uh is um it's quite the thing yeah it's quite the definitely. thing but yeah and i mean i mean yeah with, with bo burnham though i mean like that music comedy i mean him and um if anybody is interested look, look up tim minchin he's a mm. great australian i believe uh, musical comedian he used to do tons of musical acts um he's also a really really talented musician in and of itself he actually wrote uh the music and i think wrote the entirety of matilda the musical not the movie that we all grew up watching but oh, he made well, a, say, a like, musical of hmm. matilda that was on broadway and it was fantastic oh, shit. Um, 
So he's got some some really great stuff. So if you love Bo Burnham and you like that kind of wittiness, uh, I would highly recommend someone like Tim Mention. But yeah, if I was going to do comedy, I would love to do musical comedy. I think that would be great. It'd be a good merging of you know two of my favorite things. You know, mm-hmm. if the only thing I think I would be make it better if I could just play video games on stage. And then, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be, do that uh, just uh, t- through Twitch. Yeah, you know, and that's nothing else I'm looking into. Uh, uh, yeah. When you're when you're into uh, living at home by yourself all the time and pandemic, you know, I was like, well, let me get into streaming. And so I made a Twitch account and, you know, got OBS Studio on my yeah. computer and all uh-huh. that stuff. Um, what uh, What's your Twitch handle? Oh, it's something stupid like Rust Rust Zero Three, like very basic. Hand them up. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I ever play is Fall Guys. Yeah. Um, if you, if it's not Rust Rust Zero Three, try two, try one, try <laughs> yeah. four. Yeah. Go, keep go just keep going. Yeah, yeah, just keep going on up. Um, you'll find me eventually. <laughs> Actually, it might be Rust Rust Ninety Two. <laughs> so. <laughs> so eventually they'll find you. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Bo Burnham's special is called Inside, and he filmed it by himself with nobody else, wow. not a crew, not an audience, and it comes out soon. I'm so pumped for that. Wow. On where? <laughs> on Netflix. This, Netflix. Netflix. I thought it was on HBO. That's what I thought. I may have given you false information. I yeah, thank you. Uh, that's okay. He um, has all, most of his specials are on Netflix, so I guess that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, but, that is so true. Did he, did he get popular because of his style? Playing music with comedy? Well, or has that know, been kind of, got, yeah. I think that his has YouTube to be part page. of it. I mean, like, yeah, he had like that whole YouTube thing where he like did music and that's kind of why he got popular. But like, I also want to say he got popular because his content was really good. <laughs> like, of it's course. like yeah. you know, it's but, but it's been a, good from the start. But there's yeah, a lot of yeah. there's a lot of people with good content, and he and he kind of did it different, right? And, and stood out. I'm I'm too much of a fanboy for you to ask this question. I'm yeah. like, no, fuck you. Yeah. It's yeah. All, no, it's all his perspective. I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's a god. Saying. Yeah, but no, I agree. I could agree with that. Saying yeah. that, like, yeah, his medium of telling, and that's the whole point. It's like it's you got to find new mediums of how to do the same things. You know, like comedy is is over is always growing you know and yeah. i think what you could make jokes about today uh i'm sorry uh, a year ago or two years ago you definitely couldn't make jokes about today i mean think about like the jokes i mean we were just upstairs watching the movie waiting mm. um and there's a scene in it with dane cook yeah uh and i think one of the waiters asked and dane cook's like a line cook and oh wow it's funny there ah i see what they did there <laughs> um and so uh i fucking hate myself <laughs> and unrelated but you like hate the uh, movie now yeah. like, okay fuck this movie yeah. i'm done moving on um a waiter like asks him uh for a steak and he starts doing this like caricature of like a slave being like oh yeah master thank you and you can see one of the other line cooks like hitting him with like a towel and i'm oh. like me me and a couple friends were upstairs watching it and we were like Oh my god! Like, yeah. That is totally not okay yeah. by today's standards, yeah. um, and so I just think it's it's ridiculous how uh, not ridiculous. I think it's really cool how comedy evolves mm. to be at that, and that's like one of the biggest arguments, which I think is a superficial argument too. I think it's a pretty simple one, but you know, nonetheless, you know, what is okay to joke about? Like, it's either everything is okay to joke about or nothing is. Like, I think Carlos yeah. Pencia said that one time and people were like, oh my God, that's so yeah. mind Oh my God, boggling. you're crazy. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not how that works. Like, there is a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, yeah, you can make jokes about cancer. Like, you can. Mm-hmm. You can do that. But like, I'm not going to go to a cancer retreat or something. Not that those exist. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> but like, yeah. Uh, a cancer seminar or something and like have jokes about it you know there's know your audience yeah yeah yeah. know your audience be tactful and that's another thing too is like there is almost a case-by-case basis by the joke like is the joke tasteful you know i have a very strong opinion of saying you can pretty much say whatever you want as long as it's funny if you can make it funny 
you can get away with just if about the anything. intention of you saying funny. that is to make somebody laugh yeah then i think you're in the clear yeah well i mean we talked about bo burnham but i think it's another good example i think in his last special make happy uh he said something that was just flagrantly racist or mm. sexist or something but it was so racist and so ridiculous like it was almost obnoxiously so yeah. right and you know he even says so he's like obviously i don't mean that mm-hmm. because it's racism in light of itself right right it's just like it's so insanely stupid that i would say that like yeah. no one would ever say that the, uh, the bigger issue is like in the instance of the movie waiting mm-hmm. do we remove that from netflix because of the joke once again i think that's a case-by-case basis like i don't think that like if we're talking about like the dr seuss thing that was recently where they got rid of that yeah that's not good because that's a very racist stereotype that's not helping anything Mm -hmm. um i think that it's probably a distasteful net neutral thing to Mm -hmm. like that joke that we were talking about right um maybe i'm wrong i mean i'd love to hear other opinions but yeah um i don't think that that is as detrimental and i think it's a case-by-case thing um once again comes down with intent yeah um i don't know if the intent was to you know demean you know the idea of slavery you know is it doing that by making that joke kind of yeah Yeah. like kind of you know make belittling it in a way but you have to always keep in mind the intent like you talked about and so i think that no you don't censor that but some things you do you know and I'm never going to be one of those people who are like, I have this strong opinion. on. I'm a terrible podcast uh, guest to have because I will be like, yes, yeah, sure, fuck it, middle of the road, I don't care. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think I think you're playing it uh, right in saying that. I mean, it's it's a question that nobody, I think, has the right answer for yet. Maybe down Well, that's the my road. biggest problem. I think on my last podcast, at the very end, we started talking about, like, cancel culture. And mm. I, I hate it. I hate it. The idea of cancel culture so much. I mean, like, do some people need to be canceled? Sure. Like, some people are shitty, and, like, we should stop giving them the time of day. But, like, I have said terrible things, you know? Like, that would not be okay by today's standards. Right. You know? But intent-wise, it was wrong. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm sorry. Intent-wise, it was not meant to be. Right. Way, you know? It wasn't yeah. malicious by any way. Uh, but people could take it out of context and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, that's a pretty basic answer. Most people give that spiel that I just gave. Mm-hmm. But I, I stand by that. I think that, that it doesn't make any sense. And I think it's become less of a problem in the last, like, year. Like, I don't think mm. – I mean, that's my opinion. I don't think that, you know, that you have too many SJWs coming around. Yeah. I think 1918 was the, the, the years of uh, publicly canceling a lot of people. Maybe yeah. it was because of uh, just a – like a it was like enough is enough. Yeah. And so the, the very not-so-secret disgusting people yeah. of the world got outed. And then yeah. now it's like, okay – everybody's on notice yeah to, like if you're an asshole then you're gonna get called out for yeah. being an asshole i uh and it's it's so weird to me because like people forget about kind of like big things like you know what is that comedian like chris delessia oh chris delia yeah. oh delia yeah. yeah i'm sorry i got his name wrong i That's don't okay. give a shit fuck that guy but uh <laughs> you know there was like those whole like was it child kids. pornography or something no or? no no he was like talking um and having inappropriate con- this, supposedly uh-huh. um uh what has been said is he was having inappropriate conversations with younger yeah girls and so which is hilarious if you've seen not hilarious but i mean, yeah, I mean right. let me finish the sentence before you god damn it god damn it <laughs> so, uh it, it's it's almost you know surreal that he played a character in that show was it you 
um, in the second season. Oh, I, didn't, um, I haven't seen He played it. a character kind of like himself. He was a comedian, kind of you know, famous dude. Um, and he ended up being like, he would, you know, rape young girls, like oh, underage shit. women. Yeah. And, then, and it was mm. like fucking surreal because it was like a few months after that season came out. And everyone's like, ah, he's a really funny comedian. Obviously, he would never do that. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, sometimes life is stranger than fiction. But yeah, there's um, a famous video of him on another podcast and they're talking about how Snapchat, like, the images that you post don't actually go away and you can screenshot them. Yeah. And he was like, really? You could do that? <laughs> and like this, the look on his face was like, Oh, well, fuck. yeah. I only bring him up because I think about, I, I was scrolling through uh, my Netflix queue and I saw you and that popped into my mind and I said, well, shit, I wonder what happened with that guy. Mm. And like, I went and Google him. He's like on a podcast, like having, living, living up his life. And I'm just like, nobody's fucking complaining about this. No one's, no one's losing their shit anymore. No one wants to cancel this guy, but no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm totally out of the loop of the situation, so I don't know if any of the accusations were vindicated or. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Up I don't know. Whatever either, happened. But, um, so you're saying save, uh, save Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey or uh, oh god, no, it's not Kevin Spacey. Guys. Like we said, there's like gross people. There was yeah. a master class in how to deal with the kind of public fallout that you have on. How to do it and how to not do it, and I think the public, the how to do it was someone like Louis C.K. Mm. You know, he had that, and then you had Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, doing the weirdo fucking yeah. uh, persona. Yeah, he videos. was playing Frank yeah. Underwood, uh-huh. and he did his own YouTube video, oh and he's like, "I know you want me back. Yeah, I know you want me so back weird. on this channel." Narcissist. You know, he's like cutting up ribs or yeah, some yeah. stupid shit like that. Fuck you, you creep. Wow, that yeah. was so creepy. Yeah, but. And then you, nothing happened after that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, nothing occurred. I know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But you know, people yeah. come out of it. I'm not saying that some people can't come out of negative things yeah. or anything, or people can't get better. And I think that's also another problem too: is that people are so willing to chastise people, and you know, we're supposed to be innocent before proven guilty, but like that's not really the case, you know, with the internet culture these days. Yeah, yeah. But Everyone I, has decided that you're guilty of what they think you're guilty of. Yeah, you know. Which has never not been the case. I mean, you think of cases like O.J. Simpson or... Or Casey Anthony. Or Casey Anthony. Yeah, yeah exactly. So or the, Harvey uh, Weinstein. Yeah, Weinstein or something like that. Yeah, the public is always going to have their opinion, and that's yeah. going to really affect you. It doesn't really matter what the courts say, you know, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, And I also hate the other pe- the other side of the coin where it's like you got all these people who like overreact to cancer culture yeah. who are just like, man, I can't say nothing without getting canceled. And it's like, well, Jimbo, you're fucking yelling racist slurs on Twitter every day. Yeah, the yeah. people like seriously and honestly like complaining about it, like yeah, man, why are you complaining about it? And once again, like <laughs> I said, I'm middle of the road. Like I get it. I don't like certain aspects of it. Um, but, but also, then you fall into the whole you getting tripped up because you're. It's like um, uh, like the whole argument where like the NSA is uh, looking through your data or watching you or listening to you. Yeah. It's like, well, if you have nothing to hide, then why are you worried about it? Yeah, it's like no, yeah. Um, there's got to be a healthy and we get, we have to at least be able to talk about it yeah yeah because then we can i um, think i think the whole situation's interesting because um when it gets to the point where we have legal repercussions for things we say mm-hmm. um that's when the gray line is because because yeah. of the freedom of speech right yeah um but right now what people are mostly complaining about is what company like private companies are doing mm-hmm. so like the case of netflix should we take off uh, waiting or whatever the movie is 
depends what the viewers of Netflix wants. Mm-hmm. If if those people are like, I'm gonna cancel my subscription, Netflix yeah. is like, no, 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 we'll take it off, right? Um, yeah, try yeah, by the then, public. But man. But, but then but then the but then people are angry at Netflix because they're like, oh, you're censoring content. Mm-hmm. You have some obligation to the world. You're censoring art to you know, yeah, right. You know. Right. So it's, it's, like, it's it's so well, fuzzy. Well, we the, talked about this the other day too about like taxing cigarettes. Yeah, you know, it's like you know when you start taxing personal freedoms to do decisions, even though like theoretically, you know, you would think. I mean, there's proof to say that like taxing cigarettes, even though they're a pretty inelastic product, you know, people are going to buy them regardless of the price point. You're going to have very limited changes, marginal changes in quantity demanded over time, but it's going to help. It's going to really help reduce. It's going to add barriers to entry to getting to smoking and things like that. So yeah. I mean, like. If that adds barriers to becoming racist and prejudice, you know, like if you don't have a lot of racist prejudice content or like insensitive content like that, well, then you're not consuming it and then you don't think those things and then you don't develop those personality traits, you know. Um, And so I I can see the logic, the train of logic. Oh, totally. You know, Uh, but the effectiveness of it is is debatable. You know, I think I think fairly so. Uh, I kind of lean. Like I said, I'm I'm more of the let's do it case by case kind of thing. I don't think that there's really any hard line rule for many things in in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. Once again, I feel like a shitty uh, guy because I don't have any hard yeah, hard like fuck, takes Russell? on anything. Hot takes. I need like, a hot take. Hey, the wage gap doesn't exist. That was that. <laughs> we can start there. I don't yeah, believe in the wage gap. Um, uh, everyone, shit. please just don't be angry at me. What would you like me to say? <laughs> Yeah, give me something controversial to talk about. Um, well, I think uh, we're gonna cut this a yeah, little shorter definitely. than usual. I'm um, ready for dinner. Russell yeah. has to. Uh, he's got to get over to Breckenridge so he can do some snowboarding. Yeah, I got some yeah, snowboarding, and I have a concert short. at the top of the mountain. So, yeah. so gonna... tell us again when uh, your band's playing. And oh uh, yeah, separate checks will be playing at the Tin Roof Cantina on May 22nd cool. uh, of this year. So as long as this podcast gets out. In a day or so, <laughs> this would be useful. If this comes out afterwards, well, what year is it? Hope you came. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, so yeah, don't go, of this don't year, twenty twenty one. Sorry, I yeah. keep forgetting. And uh, you can catch separate checks on all the social medias, mm-hmm. all Instagram uh, and Facebook. You know, that's pretty much what we have right now at Separate Checks Band. That's the handle. Cool, awesome. Well, thanks, awesome. man. Really right. appreciate you being on. Until next time, everybody. Adios. Bye.